Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're not going anywhere. You're staying right here with us. Daddy. Everyone dies. So you're saying there's no such thing as ghosts? I'm saying I've never seen one. Nothing would make me happier than to experience a paranormal event. Gerald Olin, manager of the Dolphin. If I can just get the key to 1408. In the 95 years of the hotel's existence, there have been 56 deaths in 1408. 56. No one's ever lasted more than an hour. The first victims to Kevin O'Malley. Cut his own throat. Do not stay in that room. It's not what I'm seeing. It's not real. It just ain't as real as it seems. We don't rattle or prepare ourselves for this review. I'm Sebastian. In and out. Nobody gets hurt. I'm Andy Schossler. It's an evil fucking room. I'm Jordan. <laughs> and welcome to our surprise review of 1408. A surprise in a sense that um, I can't count. A surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. Mm. So we did say we'd be back this week with Last Action Hero and then Star Wars, but then it turns out there's actually five Mondays in December this who year, not four. Who knew? I guess anyone who made a, who had a calendar <laughs> knew that. Well, not this guy. Um, <laughs> so we had to fill in a week, and we, we talked a lot about this one weirdly during uh, Doctor Sleep, because by that Haunted Hotels, both Stephen King books. So it just kind of felt like a natural slide in given what we've just come from doing. Yeah, absolutely. Almost like we paid attention to the story that was being told, <laughs> Stephen King. But that's more shade on last week than this yeah. week. <laughs> um, well, how is everyone? Great. And this film A little is tired. Excellent. Yeah. Jordan, you had your Christmas party, is that right? I did, yes. I'm uh, not, not hungover, I'm just sleepy. <laughs> See, I'm just sleepy. Wait, no, that's you. Oh no, I'm so sleepy. I'm the same thing as you, but I thought it was different. Okay, we're good. No, everything's as it should be. Alex couldn't make it this time. Um, there was a good reason though. Uh, he was mauled by aliens wielding you know, dildo sabers or something. He was abandoned in front of the gorilla cage at the zoo by his now lost father. I see. I think. You sure it wasn't the alpacas? They just came back for revenge? <laughs> that could also fit in. Um, alrighty, so 1408. Um, before we get into like the nitty gritty of the review, what's everyone's past experience with this film? I'd never heard of it until you mentioned it during Dr. Sleep, so it you was new to me. You being terrified when we added it to the schedule <laughs> then. You're like, oh no, Seb's gone rogue. <laughs> it's happening. Well, you know, you've got a, a bit of a history for picking films recently, so I was a little bit, you know, c- cautious. The Shyamalan films are not my fault. We I mean, s- they're not your fault. Okay, okay, no, sorry. You make the schedule. <laughs> the Shyamalan films are my fault, Thank but- you. Because we were doing all of them. Not, I didn't just like... It's a, yeah, that's not a get out of jail free. <laughs> also that was also a decision that was made by you. And what's worse is we didn't even do all of them. We missed Devil and The Visit. <laughs> and we're not going back to them next year. For and the Devil's one of the good ones I too. know. <laughs> and The Visit's meant to be quite strong In as fact, well. I think I enjoyed The Visit, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, spoilers, that's one of my movie smoothies. Ooh. And After Earth, which I, I've not seen, but I've heard is awful. Yeah. Um, these are films <laughs> I wish I had seen prior because on this week's Variety Hour and the week's following Variety Hour, we're actually doing our personal top tens and bottom tens for the decade. So I kind of wish I'd snuck in some extra shitty Shyamalan films to help pad out my <laughs> bottom ten. But um, I guess we'll talk about that in a week or so. They're not that bad. Ooh. There are many worse films than Shyamalan <laughs> films, believe it or not. I'm genuinely very excited for when we get to discuss the top and bottom uh, ten films of the decade. Well, we'll get to that. But yeah, that, that's Variety Hour this week and next week. Right now, 1408. It's time for John Cusack. <laughs> so, had so, you seen this? I'm not surprised that Jordan hadn't heard of it because I, too, uh, didn't see it at the cinema, didn't know it was released, but just browsing through my local blockbuster which was still in existence at the time, uh, saw it and, oh, okay, I'll, I'll give that a whirl, see what it is. It can't possibly be, you know, it's only two hours long. It, yeah, can't, be, it can't be that much of a waste of time if it is. Not that much of my life to give away. I generally don't care about suspenseful, well, horror films. I like suspense films and this is more of a suspense than a horror. Yeah. And I loved it. Mm. I've watched it you know, at least once a year since, since then. See, I did see this at the cinemas twice, I actually think. Oh, well. I saw it with my mother to begin with, which I'll explain that in a moment. And then I saw it with my friends. My mum, there's a couple of people that will get her into a cinema. And one of those people is John Cusack. She'll go see a John <laughs> Cusack movie. She'll go see a Richard Gere movie. She will not see a um, oh, Nicolas Cage film. Or Tom Cruise. Really? She can't do Cage or Cruise, but John Cusack and uh, Richard Gere, that'll get her into a theatre. I feel um, like if you squint, you can confuse Nick Cage with, uh, with John Cusack. You reckon? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we went and saw this mum. My mum always likes horror films. She's a big Stephen King fan. Okay. I remember back at her old place between her and my father, we had a big bookcase just full of shitty horror books. Um, Dad was always into like the John Grisham novels and... That's not horror anyway, but... um, uh, Still, you know, yeah. thriller, suspense kind of thing as well. Yeah. And a bunch of other crap that I'm sure my sister will fill me in on after I reveal it. I can't remember the names of the authors, but uh, like, um, who's, um, who did um, like, Interview with a Vampire and stuff? I th- Anne Rice? Uh, you know, I don't know. I shouldn't know. I think it's Anne Rice. I'm going to say Anne Rice. Um, but, but also like some old Agatha Christie novels, which I don't want to call schlog. I like those ones. Um, but yeah, like my family's always had this weird fascination with this sort of subgenre. I'm not a horror fan myself, but I went in and saw it because eh, John Cusack doesn't strike me as like he's going to be in a terrifying film. And he wasn't in a terrifying film, but it was in a good film. That, you know, we'll it's talk about. great. I really do enjoy this one. So yeah. I kind of, we're both tipping our hands walking into this review. Now, which version did you see? I was about to ask because there's like multiple endings to this movie, isn't there? Yes, I've only ever seen one ending. Okay. And that's the one where he dies at the end. That's the one I watched. Yeah, yeah that's the one that's I watched the for this review. Is cut, I think. Okay. Yes, but I have seen the theatrical release, which he doesn't die at the end. And I can talk a little bit about that, but for the purposes of this review, I also saw the director's cut because that's the one that's readily available. So the one where he survives was released in in theatres in Australia as well. I thought that was just Mm. in the States. No, as far as I've seen it anyway. Because it was a real downer that he dies in the end and studios don't like downers. I'm actually... We'll talk about that because I think the him dying at the M1 also has like the worst moment in the entire film in it. Really? Him appear- We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> oh, it's the- just, just a fake out for the- But it looks terrible. Eh. Anyway, um, so trivia then, I guess. Let's Are we good it. to jump into yeah. it? Riddle me this, riddle me that. Who's afraid of the big black pack? 
Hey, Derek, you know what's always good for shoulder pain? What? If you lick my butthole. It is Wednesday, my dudes. And just quickly, we normally do this before the trivia. Not that it matters. Uh, reception, 6.8% uh, 6.8 rating on IMDb. That's surprisingly mm. low. I thought so. Yeah. Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes has an 80% critical score and a 61% audience score. So IMDb is right in the middle of that. Kind of makes sense. <laughs> but I'm surprised that it was more of a critical hit than an audience hit. Right. Dr. Sleep, for comparison, has a 77% critical score, so less than 1408, but the audience score is 89%. It just goes to show you, you, everyday listener, are a moron. <laughs> no, no. That's not true. No, but it, it was, I always find it really amusing seeing the disparity between um, critic uh, reviews and audience scores. Um, and then I remember that WWE does you know, better ratings than other good shows. And I was like, but then again, people, people don't have taste. Um, but, all those, but all those ratings, they're not detailed. They're just an aggregate of yeah. you know, how many people liked it for whatever reason. Mm. Because you can... Like I think everybody uh, agreed that Doctor Sleep was quite good, mm. but nobody was going to rush back to see it a second yeah. time. Uh, yeah, sure. I think that except yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was a little bit more damning on the fact that I would not want to go back. But yeah, yeah. I was with the Rotten Tomatoes, and I should know this, but I just don't because they obviously they're, they're aggregating all these scores. When they look at like fresh versus rotten, if we were to rank our films on a scale of one to a hundred and we gave our this film 51 out of a hundred for example that right. becomes a fresh score on their end because it's over the mark no i think fresh is anything rotten is anything 40 percent or less and what's fresh 60 percent and higher and there's like a 20 percent gap like well maybe maybe that's the way maybe it's fresh is 60 or higher and rotten is less than 60 percent okay it's something like that it's off because it doesn't take into account, if I say it's a 10 out of 10, it's the same as saying it's a 7 out of 10 because all it's, all it's getting is you're giving a thumbs up as opposed to a thumbs down, yeah, right? But yeah, possibly. Yeah. That's, that's also true. I mean, rating systems aren't uh, objective. You know, some people will give it a 7 where you would give it a, a 9 or somebody else would give it a 3 for you know, the same reasons. Yeah. And, to, I mean, and here, yeah, we just give yes or no. in the Tokyo Dome. Well, of course. <laughs> but yeah, we just give thumbs up and thumbs downs here, so it's even more cutthroat well, in that regard. So it's hard to branch over how much that means because that could still yeah. be you know a couple of thumbs in the middles with a you know teetered possibly yeah. despite the uh, audience score of 61% on rotten tomatoes the film was a hit financially good yeah. budget of 25 million worldwide gross 132 i can't wait for 1409 to come out <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible that's a bad one i thought that's low hanging fruit <laughs> <laughs> so the first few pages of um, 1408 were intended to be a part of King's guidebook uh, titled On Writing uh, as an exercise on how to revise first drafts. But he was intrigued by the story. He completed a draft and included it instead in a compilation of short stories with an explanatory note for 1408 reading, Hotels are naturally creepy places. How many have slept in the bed before you, been sick or lost their minds? <laughs> Which was one of the first things that Enslin says in the film. Mm. Nice. Interesting. Yeah. King has a habit of writing himself himself into stories. Um, he certainly does have a lot of stories about writers, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he definitely does. Um, well, writers are creepy people too. Uh, have you seen Stephen King? Uh, <laughs> um, in, no, in, uh, in the sense that they're, 
Stephen King is a creepy looking guy, actually. <laughs> yep. I mean, okay, he's definitely gone on in years, but he's looking more like the you know the crypt keeper now than he used to. <laughs> well, writers tend not to be very social people. Yes, which I'm is to their to their benefit because it means if they're comfortable spending a lot of time alone, of course they're going to be working yeah. on their own a lot of the time. So that makes that makes perfect I like sense. People, <laughs> I like to talk to people. <laughs> But even but how in the isolated, structured <laughs> environments and not on Sundays. <laughs> but even how Enslin is portrayed in the film, it's kind of like that. He's not very talkative mm. when he's at the bookstore. He's just kind of getting through it. That girl with the old book throws him a bit of a, a curveball with, oh, this is an old book. But even then he kind of shuts down the conversation yeah. pretty quickly and just moves on. When he's at the post office, you know, hat on, sunglasses, doesn't want to be recognised. Not that he would be, mm. because who recognises an author? Do you know what any author, apart from Stephen King, because he's been in films, even looks like? Nope. I <laughs> couldn't I, think of one. I could not recognise a single one, even from the picture. I reckon on, I could recognise JK. And that's pretty much uh, it. But yeah, but she's done interviews. Yeah. In yeah. That's uh, that's what I mean. If, if you've only ever seen their photograph on the book jacket, would they even oh, register? Mm. To bring it back to my parents, they've got you know 15,000 books by um, James Patterson. But um, I'm, yeah. <laughs> Pick him in a lineup of three people and you still you still have a good chance of picking the wrong one. So it was a little Easter egg treat. The standard edition DVD runtime was exactly one hour, 44 minutes and eight seconds. Yeah, it was. Mm. I wonder what they cut out to make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> that's a nice little, if you can make it work, mm. that's, yeah. that's quite a nice little thing. Uh, the 1408 was partially inspired by actual investigations into the Hotel del Coronado by parapsychologist Christopher Chacon. Same sort of thing as Enslin. He would go to a place and investigate their ghost reports for mm. veracity and then you know, write stuff about it and make money that way okay. because ghosts aren't real. I've always wondered if there's a career for me just wandering around <laughs> writing about things that I see. Is it a thing? Can I do that? Yeah, unfortunately, that's you know every blogger does that these days. Yeah, but I'll do it better. You think so? <laughs> no, I think they all think so. Challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. So there are a lot of references to 13 in the film. Uh, Spooky number, that one. Mm. Have you guys seen, uh, is it the number? The number 13, the Jim Carrey film? That's the no, number, number, tw- number 23. 23? 23, 23, 23, yeah. Yeah, yeah I do remember seeing that. Just kind of comes up everywhere, all these coincidences. That's like a favourite movie of my wife, and I'm always like, it's not that good. I liked it. It's f- like, I, I like the idea. I remember but liking s- it, but I haven't watched it in probably 10 years. I've only seen it once, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But again, like if, you, like if you're <laughs> looking for something, it will come up. But in the, he gets the postcard, you know, 1408, adds up to 13. Oh, cute. Yeah, that's yep. kind of nice. A few other 13 references, the uh, American hotels, because they're so super superstitious, don't have a 13th floor. It just jumps straight from 12th to 14th. I don't know how they managed to, you know, fill in that gap <laughs> uh, because the hotels don't seem to have uh, a big air gap in between. I you're looking yeah, at them right. From. They're no. Just, okay, they've just relabeled yeah, it, right? Yeah, of okay, course okay. it is. The, the 14th floor in the States <laughs> because I was is, like, is the 13th, Andrew, and every one after that is just one less than what it says I was like, weren't you an architect? <laughs> like, 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 surely you're just like, and they, yeah, this, so this level just becomes the, the void, yeah. like from being John <laughs> Malkovich, right. that floor between the floors. Right. <laughs> Although you, you, you kind of wonder why they... I mean, who are they, who are they fooling when they do that? Everybody knows. Yeah, Old but, Chinese you know, businessmen. Who can... Yeah. Who cares? Yep. But the film was released uh, in June 2007. 6, 7, 13. 
the year of the wine, or the wine, the, the whiskey, or whatever, adds up to thirteen as well. I'm pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure. Oh yes. Um, oh god, nineteen twenty. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, yeah, whatever it is adds up. Um, there's something else as well. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm going to take a wild guess and say if you add up all the numbers on the street address of the hotel, it probably adds up to 13 as well. That's yeah. Probably. probably. Why, why would they pick any other number really, right? <laughs> yeah. That's a nice little nice little nod. Yeah. Now there is actually the Emily Morgan Hotel in San Antonio, which hosts the Duke Suite. Mm. Now the Emily Morgan Hotel has 14 floors. Not really, it's 13 floors. <laughs> they just called the last one the 14th. And it has seven rooms at the top. So the last numbered room is 1407. Mm-hmm. And the Duke suite is the one next to that. Mm-hmm. But it's not 1408. There is no 1408 at the Emily Morgan Hotel. It's the Duke suite. Right. Well, there you go. Is that where they filmed this? No. This one, it was all done on sets. Oh, so what's the, what's the link to this hotel? So I must have missed the, the, the lead-in bit. The, the, the room 1408. That it doesn't have a, you know, even though the Duke Suite is room fourteen oh eight, so superstitious are they at the Emily Morgan, who itself has, is, you know, is like the third yep. uh, most haunted place or the third scariest place or something, mm-hmm. according to some some ranking. Uh, it was, it 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 has the fourteen oh eight, but they refuse to label it fourteen oh eight. <laughs> there is no fourteen oh eight at the Emily Morgan. There's, there's 1407, and then next <laughs> and to that the is the Duke Suite. That's crazy. And that's People it. are crazy. Okay, sure. They really are. So, it was previously a medical arts building with a crematorium mm. on the 14th floor. That crematorium was, creepy at all. was <laughs> only for people who didn't have any family. Aww, it's so, a, if you died alone at the, at the uh, <laughs> building, I don't know what it was called then, but the, the building that became the Emily Morgan Hotel... Uh, you were cremated on the 14th floor, yeah. potentially in the Duke Suite. Right. Or where the Duke Suite came out. Well, there you go. And before that, it was a battleground. For Everywhere. The Mexican-American War. <laughs> Everywhere was a battleground. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> At some point. Yep. Okay. Yep. But that's how these places... I mean, the whole the whole story, Enslin himself says it, uh, you know... All these, all these haunted places are all somewhere that's off the highway. Yeah, uh, that has you know used to be busy, but isn't isn't since, and it's awfully convenient that, that these things come around. They have a colourful history. They have you know an embellished history sometimes. You know, a little a little nugget of something happened, and oh my god, we can create a whole mm. you know a whole uh, world out of that. Yeah. Hey, these things are interesting. To me, specifically to me. Um, I'm going away for a couple of weeks beginning in January and part of what I'm going to do is I'm actually going on one of the ghost tours in Tokyo because why the fuck not? I've got nights to spare. Well, occasionally. Um, And it's something that I, you know, it's always interesting. And even, I mean, drop the facade of ghosts and whatnot. It's a little history tour at night. That's fun. Do the ghosts in Tokyo have the courtesy of you know, talking to you in English, of taunting you in English. I'll let you know. No. I'll be like, I don't know if they're threatening me, asking me out, what time is it? I'm so bad, and I refuse to learn the language. <laughs> so, I'm like, um, so I'll I'll get to report if ghosts are more spoopy in Japan if they are in Australia soon. That's exciting, oh, right? Such a good traveler. What <laughs> refusing to learn even <laughs> even hello or thank you, I'll learn everything but please and thank you, so I can be the rudest of people. Um, Kanichiwa, arigato. You're good to go. Is that hello and thank you? Yes. How do I say bye? 
good question. Well, how do I, I say remember. sorry is probably more necessary. That's uh, probably sumimasen. I'm not gonna, there you go. too many words. That's too, if they wanted me to be sorry, they'd make it shorter. No. Um, <laughs> well, did you guys want to move along to babies then? Or sure. is there more trivia? I'm oh, asking. are we done with trivia? I'm asking. Oh, really? I, I hadn't even concluded talking. We were just meandering oh, around in conversation <laughs> and here you are cutting me off. No, that's it. You don't get to know the other things. Wait, there was more spoopy facts? Yeah, of course. <laughs> there always is. Uh, care to take a guess at who else was considered for Mike Enslin? Well, knowing my mum was most likely Richard Gere. Uh, uh, oh, I read this one actually. Keanu Reeves, wasn't Keanu it? Keanu Reeves, yeah. who I think could have done a really good job with it. Yeah, I would have bought him. I'm not generally a fan of any of John Cusack's films. I love he's, him. He's a, no, he's a fine actor. Mm. And being John Malkovich, he, was, he yeah. was good in that. Nothing else that I've seen him in, I've ever enjoyed. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think it's. I'd be I inclined to agree. I don't think it's because of him. I think it's just the projects in yeah. general weren't that great. But in this one, I absolutely love him, and I yeah, think he I really is liked the him top this. pick. Keanu could have pulled it off. I'd say but so. Cusack nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. definitely. And there's a little bit of a fan theory that I came across. So the Dolphin Hotel postcard with no return address saying "Don't enter 1408." The theory goes, could be either. Sent by Olin, the who, hotel, the manager, yep. who is a sort of guardian angel trying to protect Enslin from ever going there. Yeah, or it was sent by the room itself Ooh. as a lure, which worked quite I well. I that. like that one. Yeah. Um, there's another. There's another. What about video. his daughter sent it? <coughs> That's nice. Oh, from the from the afterlife. Yeah, as opposed <laughs> to the room sending it. It's, it's just as crazy, right? There's um, there's a video I shared with both of you this morning. I watched it. I was I was watching. Yeah. That I watched about half of it. Yeah, where it compared 1408 directly to Dante's Inferno, mm. and I think it, you know, if you if you're interested in well, that made sort of, that made me like sort of see the movie in a whole different light. Yeah, if you're interested in you know past references and how mm. people draw on other people's uh, material, that one's a fascinating. Yeah, little, it was very interesting. Video. We'll have the title in the show notes. I'm sure. Yeah, I'll pop it in there. Um, it was a much better fan um, theory video than the <laughs> bit sidetracked. I watched like an hour and a half of Red Letter Media last night doing like their ongoing review breakdown of The Force Awakens. Yep. And they talk about Lucas' like, circle theory. Yep. Yeah, I know the circle theory is not them that was talking about <laughs> it, but like they're, they're this Dante's Inferno one was a lot more tightly held together, I think, than yep. the circle theory for George Lucas. And held together remarkably well. I mean, mm. the, a lot of references are there. The only issue I had was they were claiming um, he might have been like, Mike Enslin may have been like straying from his wife with other women. That one was really tedious. No, mm. it, it, it sets it up very early on that it's the, you know, getting hit by the wave uh, at the very start of the film, he dies. And then from there, it's his descent into hell mm -hmm. where he starts off at limbo, limbo and he progresses through each level, and it, and 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 at each level he either has to beat the temptation or succumb to it. And so all the young ladies around in the film, and you kind of watch it and you go, oh yeah, yeah. actually there yeah. are. Mm. You know, if somebody was you know purposely trying to uh, to match uh, Dante's Inferno as a reference for the film, they did a remarkably good mm. job yeah, of, <laughs> of keeping it keeping it pretty tight that yeah. way. Trivia is complete, Seb. Well, wait, Jordan, <laughs> do you have any trivia before I hit the next button and start a coup? Look, I'm just going to let you roll okay, one. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to start a whole thing. Excellent. Movie babies. Hasta la vista, baby.
Nobody puts baby in a corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Before we do movie movies, I have some good news. Our new theme song is even closer than it was before. And not Ooh. just because two weeks has passed. <laughs> um, I've heard what I believe to be the final copy. Um, okay. We're just waiting on a little interstitial to come through, uh, which I've been told should not be that long. So it looks like January, uh, new show, new theme. Oh, you're not going to premiere the new one with uh, the Rise of Skywalker review? I mean, we can, but I would rather just wait a week until we start New Year. Well, it just kind feels of more puts a nice clock on it, Seb, and you know, gets things going. The clock's not on me. The clock's on the guy making the song. Well, yeah. Alex Smith, or your man, Alex Smith, great, <laughs> great musician. Um, but yeah, I've heard, I, I think I've heard the final copy, or at least I'm not sure if he's got anything else to do. Uh, to me, it sounds done. Sure. Um, but yeah, he's just doing one little interstitial theme for us. I'm very exciting. Um, so I hope you guys don't like these film quotes because there are <laughs> their time is numbered. But movie babies. Yes. Are you ready? So ready. Okay, so hit me. Monster House. <laughs> is that that cartoon that was done by Dan <laughs> Dan Harmon? I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard of it. It's a cartoon. Well sort of like it looks almost like claymation, but it's definitely just CGI. Yeah. Um about a haunted evil house with kids and stuff. So that's the first one. Have you not seen it? I've seen it. It's effectively a cartoon version of the Amityville horror, except the yeah. house is also moves and wants to eat you. All oh, right. The one thing I remember doing distinctly during 1408 was laughing my ass off the whole <laughs> way through because it's such a lighthearted comedy. I laughed for the first 10 minutes. <laughs> um, and Amityville horror was my okay. other one. Um, yeah, just like the house. It's hard going room to room. I mean, you could also, it's Stephen King, you could say The Shining and you could pull in specifically room 237 as well. But it's... Very differently handled. But I like the Amityville Horror as a good reference point. Um, mm. I can't... There's like 10 of them, and I don't remember which version I've seen, but it's not the one with Ryan Reynolds. It's the one where the main actor looks like Mick Foley, the wrestler, but I don't know his actual name. <laughs> um, but the idea of the house driving someone mad and giving them hallucinations and toying with them. Okay. Um, once again, a little bit different, but I think there's enough similarity there. Yeah. Well, I was mine, I did have one for The Shining, just because there's obviously obvious comparisons there. Um and I was going to say, just for the writer aspect, I was going to say Misery. But now that you've said Amityville Horror, I feel like that's much better and I'm stealing it. Mm. <laughs> oh, another good one. Secret Window. Sick, oh, uh, I changed yeah. mine to Secret I Window and Amityville movie. Horror. <laughs> I yeah. remember really liking that movie. Yeah, I didn't even like Johnny Depp, don't but I really liked that movie. Because I haven't seen it since it came out, but I remember really liking it then. Who's the um the other guy? There's Johnny Depp and the guy from Mr. Deeds and the guy who's oh, Big Lebowski. Yeah. Um, good actor. Yes. Um, but anyway, he plays Jesus in Jesus yes. in Big Lebowski. He plays like the the antagonist in Secret Window, and like I said, I fucking hate Johnny Depp. I think he's an atrocious actor. I like that movie. Mm. See, there's a diamond in the rough, just a lot of rough <laughs> and a little, very little diamond. Well, I think this was the best parts of The Shining mixed with the best parts of Devil. Mm. It's Devil's a good pull. It's an evil house, and in Devil, not only are they actually trapped and can't get out of the elevator, just like uh, Enslin can't get out of the room once he's committed to it. Um, you know, f- free will getting in there, but he but he goes in there and, and then he's trapped from, from, from then on uh, with a very menacing and very evil presence controlling everything. Yeah. I struggled when I was picking one of my babies only because I, I've got this movie in my brain and I can't 
I can't see any faces of the actors when I look back on the memories. And it's, it's somebody stuck effectively in a dream. It's not Inception, but it's the whole idea of they can't tell when they've left to when they're when they've left their current situation. To current. And all I can think about is the game and it's not the game. Okay. And that's what really caught me. So I have, I've got some of the visuals in my mind or I just could not find it. But there's one with this whole, the entire time the character is actively trying to work out what, is John dies at the end? Is it John dies at the end? Let's say that, I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> okay. Apparently I just need to talk out loud about it. <laughs> there we go. All right, <laughs> t- tweets, let's do it. And today I'm gonna read it to you. Sports in it. Are you kidding? Fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles. Oh, yes. Yes. Please. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm happy to be first. Let's do it. All right. Welcome to the Dolphin, the place with a warm reception that won't leave you out in the cold. Hashtag stay charred. <laughs> I don't know why that reminded me. But this movie makes jumping out of a window look funny. Did you not laugh yeah. during those bits? You said you didn't laugh before. No, I didn't find them funny. <laughs> <laughs> they look goofy. Of a woman who had been convinced that suicide was her only... But she like tipped know. and fell. It was like, it, I know she was doing it on purpose, but it looked like last minute she tripped. It did look a bit comical. Yeah. I like that the ghost was kind of looking at Enslin hanging through the window the whole time. Mm. Like she acknowledged his his presence, and that was just the room fucking with him. Yeah. Isn't it great? I loved it. Sorry, John. Uh, spooky hotel room does the spooks. Is he dead? Is he alive? You decide. <laughs> um, what's in the box? It's John Cusack in the box as a room. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys want to start with the good or the bad today? <laughs> Look, I've only got one thing to say in the bad. So if you want to finish on a good note. I do, I always want to finish on a good note. Let's do the bad. Okay, that would be this one here. Houston, we have a problem. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not gonna take this anymore. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. I've fallen and I can't get up. I can't believe you've done this. The only part of the film that I didn't like and it's fine that it's in there. It doesn't detract from the rest of the story. But the whole sequence with him crawling around in the vents is a little bit silly, a little bit boring. Yeah, I can see that. Like, he's just trying to escape the room somehow. So he's just gone out onto the ledge uh, and trying to get into an adjacent room. But in that, he turns back because he realises there are no other windows on the wall. It's just brick walls all the way around the building. And he's trapped up there in the in the wind, in the breeze. He's going to fall if he doesn't get back inside. And even the room kind of says, you can come back inside if you like, but you know there's a clock on it and I'm going to shut the window and you're never going to be able to, to get back in, so you better hurry back. He chooses to go back in, whereas in the vents, he's prevented from exploring it further because there's just this animated corpse that yeah. starts to chase him and freaks him out. So I think that's kind of a, a little bit of a cop-out. The only reason I like the vent is because he does have that bit where he gets to look down and sees himself and his wife and his kid. Yeah, those, yeah. those bits are kind of cool. But you could have done that in different ways. Didn't have to be in the vent, but it was clever the mm. way it was done. I just, 
not to make excuses, but I feel like because they sh- they had the vent there, they were playing with the idea that he thought he was being spy cammed at the very beginning and stuff. I think when he tries the door and he can't get out and we tries the window and he can't escape, I think if there's a vent on the roof and he doesn't try that one other possible exit. Yeah, I guess then he looks asks, like a bit of an idiot. Yeah, it kind of leaves you going like, well, how do you know that wouldn't have worked? The, the, the other reason I kind of justified it for being the way it was in the film is that maybe it's that the further he gets away from the room... Uh, the less power it has. So if he does actually get into the vents and starts crawling away, this is the room's last ditch effort of just send anything that'll freak him out and get him back in here because I've got nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. And so it, yeah, has a zombie chase after him. This isn't really a bad, this is more of a question. What do you think would have happened at any moment after the room fully goes at him? After like the the tech guy comes to fix the thermostat and all that, when the room fully starts the hour timer? If at any moment during that, if housekeeping had come, if the manager had come, if anyone had opened that door, was all this stuff happening in the room or would he have just been like sitting there in a catatonic state in his brain? What do you what do you actually think was happening? Because I, I get the room is haunted, but at a certain point in this, the room literally floods with water. Nobody lasts would, more than an hour. Yep. So obviously there's a, there's a short window where somebody could come in. Yeah. And he did pass the hour. If he had passed the first hour, which he does, uh, and if he shoots himself in the head in the next minute, we don't know that. that does he die le- in a minute or does he die in an hour? We don't know that clock's legitimate. And he, in fact, lived a few days within that reality yeah. when he thought he was out. Mm. And then the room pulls him back in. I just, so time is distorted inside there. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. I wonder if he had survived the first hour, which he does. In the, if we take the clock as it is what it is, an hour has passed. And then when it restarts its next timer and we're a minute in and he kills himself, do they find his body a minute after leaving him there? Oh, I see. Or, do, I, I or I has see an hour and a minute passed? I just wanted to know, could he, could he in theory have persevered and waited 12 hours for checkout. I don't know. See, if it's an evil room, I would imagine it could also fuck with anybody coming into it. Yeah, that's somebody, what I would have assumed. Somebody could open the room and it would appear em- empty mm-hmm. and they just wouldn't know that he was there and they would shut it. You know, the time necessary for Enslin to kill himself would elapse and then when they open it again, oh, there's his body. Yeah, that's what I'm... I was just curious from a... And what, the film doesn't want me to answer this, and that's fine. But I don't feel like this, this is not a plot hole that I'm not trying. I know this isn't a bad, but it's more just I have a question. Yeah, yeah. Like the room floods with water at one stage. Well, did it though? As far as Enslin is concerned, it did. That's what I mean. So I'm curious if we, as an outside viewer, could actually see what was actually going on. Would we see? No, I would. Him just laying in bed. Would would he? Oh, would he actually be running around having all these things happen, or would he be running around with the rooms as is? Or I'm just, I just want to know: was the room doing it inside of his brain, or was the room doing it? That's what I figured. I figured that it was like manipulating mm. him specifically. But if anyone else were to show up, if the room allowed that, I assume they would just see everything as normal. Yeah, it could just manipulate them too. Yeah, exactly. why not? Cool. I mean, when you open the door, you literally open the door to mm. the room. So, mm. you know, its powers are in full effect yeah. at that point. What kind of gives it away for me that Enslin, after he goes into the room, he never again is given the opportunity to get out. Because remember when the when the engineer comes up to fix the thing? Remember in Sixth Sense when uh, What's-His-Face goes to open the, the door to his basement study and it's always locked, he has to get his keys out to do it. And then at the end of the film he finds out, oh, no, that's because there's a bookcase in, fr- in front of it. You know, oh, this was yeah. the, so again. He tries to open the door and he can't because it's because it's locked. Yeah, right. But then, oh, he magically, you know, is a, is able to open it, and the engineer is there who refuses to come into the room. 
I think that that's all fantasy. It's none of that's real. I, th- I thought the engineer was there. I, yeah. I, that was my reading. I thought okay. that he, he was there. I love when he does try and escape though, and like the key snaps and sucks into the door, <laughs> and the handle comes off. It's just like, well, shit. The one thing that bothered me was kick it. Just, I mean, just try, just try to bust the door open. It doesn't have to work. I, I would love if. Did this happen in the movie? I'm now having a thing. This this isn't a video game I've played, which I should have used as a movie baby, Silent Hill for the room. Um, <laughs> but um, did it, was there a moment where he kicks down the door and there's a brick wall? Or am I, is that from the video game? And am I mixing them up? No, I thought I he opened the door and there's a brick wall. Yeah, Maybe that's, that's right. it. Okay, no, oh good, then it was this film. Okay, sorry, because it also happens in that game. That's why I was like, am I just, right. it's, it's about being stuck in a haunted room as well. And it's very, <laughs> Weirdly similar, actually. That I, can I retroactively change my movie babies to that? Sure. Just that game by itself. I'm sure we'll change it five more times by the end of the. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Good stuff. That's, that's 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 the only bad note I had. Again, not something that takes you out of the film, but uh, okay. If there's a most boring moment yeah. of it, then the vent sequence is it for me. Yeah, the ending is my that. issue. The one that we got. I don't mind that he died. That's fine. I just yeah. hate the jump scare burned to the back of Sam Jackson's eh, car. You kind of expect it. But why do you need it? Like this yeah, film was so smart. Actually, yeah, that's and true. One of the things that I really liked about this movie was how it was able to build all of its sort of, uh, you know, tension and stuff without resulting or like just defaulting to jump scares. Mm. So the fact that they ended the movie on one is a bit of a sour note. Yeah, you and can just him in bad makeup too. Like it was <laughs> just like, where was that the entire film? I don't want that. Like, okay, yeah. yeah, him sort of burnt looks a bit stupid, mm. but you can explain the jump scare in that the, uh, there, are, there are things from the, from the charred remains from the, from the room uh, that, are, that uh, Olin is, is carrying in a box. He opens the box to have a look at it and sort of plays with the tape recorder. You could sort of say, okay, if there's you know ash and whatever from mm. the room that is on that stuff, if yeah. it hasn't been you know completely cleaned off, there's some essence of the room that's there. Yeah, yeah I and get it that. Throws I, off I a feel little. Like that's fine. Like boom that's to Olin. Yeah, why why it happens makes sense. I just didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Why is he haunting Olin too? Olin, now he knows specifically this guy wasn't not, fucking with me. He was literally telling me the <laughs> straight truth to, save my to life. not go in no, there. It's not Enslin, it's the room fucking with Olin mm, by okay. showing him right, Enslin okay. all, all burnt up. Mm-hmm. So the this is not in the bad, we're just kind of wafting. We'll, we'll change the good soon. But <laughs> the ending from the original one. Right. So he is survives. The, is the original ending like the false finish in the director's cut? Like, is that where the movie ends? No, no, that all happens. Okay. Yeah, which is a great, I mean, I'm glad that you got to watch it for the first time now because when you when I first watched it, I was like, oh, fuck off. And then <laughs> they fell sending you. I'm like, oh, this is great now. The fire happens and the director's cunt goes to the funeral yeah. immediately after that. That's the version Whereas I watched, the, yeah. the theatrical cunt doesn't. He gets saved by firefighters. Yes. Oh, okay. And he ends up back with his ex right. and they're talking and stuff. He's going to start writing a new book and the idea is it's going to be about his daughter. And who picks it up? One of them picks up the voice recorder, much like Sam Jackson does in the car, plays it, and the wife hears their daughter. Oh. So it's she now realizes, oh fuck, he was telling the truth. It's all real, but he's alive there. So it's like, oh my god, you did speak to our daughter. That's great, you know. Okay. So it's it's That's not bad. I don't happy ending, sad ending. If it matches, if it fits, I'm happy either way. I don't have a predisposition 
to how that should or shouldn't go. I think the sacrifice ending is so much more powerful. Oh, no. I'm not saying it's bad. I I just don't like the jump scare bit. And we still get, as an audience, we still find out, yeah, he was actually talking to his daughter because we've got physical evidence. So for us, we still kind of get that warm ending. It's just the wife never finds out. If they could mix the two, if the wife could find out, but he was dead with the daughter, that that would be the nice meeting of them for me because Mm. a bit of pathos that way, he's fine that way. I'd even let you keep your Sam Jackson jump scare if you really wanted to, but please don't. Um, it's fine. It is it's fine. It's kind of a necessity in films like these. But the whole movie was spoopy. I know. So it's it's kind of it's kind of cheesy to have that jump scare, but it wasn't. It's not jarring for me. Yeah, it's it's so close. That, to, I don't want to say get this is the film for me. It, it it's the room's last little. You know. Yeah. I'm still here. You didn't get rid of me, Olin, despite your best efforts. Yeah. I'm going to put this in the bad because it's just a funny observation. Oh no, fire. What will this room do to protect itself? (laughs) Remember that time we had an ocean? Nah, it's fine. (laughs) Let's just turn on the tiny sprinklers. Because Enslin, because it starts to flood it and he destroys the sprinkler head and that stops the flooding of the room. But before he went up to take a painting and it just exploded an actual ocean into the room. No, I know, but as far as things he actually did in the room, like he was still in the room, right? So if you if you interpret him smashing the sprinkler as him actually having smashed the sprinkler, making it possible for the building to the the room to burn without being extinguished, then it happens. Yep. When he throws the um what do you call it? Ashtray through the window, air comes in and there's a big fireball. Yeah. That's all fine. I dislike that he was alive for a little bit after the fireball because he throws it, it gets engulfed in flame and you, I think it's kind of, the movie kind of sells like, that's it, he's dead. We're down on the thing, we see we're on the ground level with the wife, we see the explosion. I figure like that's our moment where he's dead and then we cut back to him just like crawling commando style <laughs> through the room, burnt and I'm like, oh, you should be dead. Like that was your death. Um, but these aren't things that are ruining. I am nitpicking because this film's pretty solid, which mm. we'll talk about very shortly. But I just felt like you had your big sac- hero sacrifice moment and then having it linger on another step was like, no, nah, you missed. That was You had the time. Yeah, I probably could have done without that. Did you guys want to jump into the good then? Let's do it. Go ahead. Make my day. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! This movie's great. Yeah, real good. <laughs> and can we can we also say that it uh, it even continues the spooks into the credits? Producer Harvey Weinstein. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I did oh, not good see Lord. that. <laughs> My, I had such a hard time watching this film. I should put this in the bad. Finding this movie is terrible. I've been- Dude, um, I told you, I literally just typed 1408 in YouTube and it was the full movie was the first yeah. result. I, <laughs> I went to rent it, it from YouTube and it's yep. unavailable. I unavailable. went to rent it from Google Play. Unavailable. <laughs> they both say that they have had it in the past. Like it's yeah. got the page where you could go to rent it. Yep. Just not there. Just unavailable. But there are, are pre-versions available. Yeah, so I found somebody one. Somebody's ripped down, yeah. And was Chromecasting it to watch it on my TV from, from my phone. And every 10 minutes, it would just drop the feed. Ah. So I ended up having to watch it on my phone, which I don't like to do. If you have, I mean, it's a nice phone. Or it's whatever. It's fine. But I want to be haunted, man. It's fucking with you. <laughs> That's true. Um, so I watched this in pieces in the end. I did half an hour on my break at work the night prior, which was a mistake because I did not want to go back for my break. <laughs> I mean, I never, I never do, but I was so engrossed. Yeah. That first half hour is 
It's so engaging, hey. Right. Uh, this is why I love the Mothman Prophecy film. Have you guys seen that? With Richard Gere. He's going to come up a lot today, apparently. Uh, no. <laughs> it's a trashy film. I can lend it to you. I've got it on my arm. I've got a- I'm intrigued. Peculiar... The idea of a Mothman. I'm, I'm in. Have you not heard the story <laughs> of the Mothman? Okay. So he is a like, a- like the Chupacabra, like the Jersey Devil. He's a mythological figure in American uh, North American folklore. He might actually be- um, I believe he's North American. Anyway- from memory, he's from like the Midwest region and people have different accounts of what it looks like. It's a man, he's got wings, he's got glowing red eyes. And as a figure though, in law, what he does is he comes in times of great tragedies. So he doesn't- people To don't, help or to sort of usher you to the river sticks or whatever? In the movie, as a, as a warning. Okay. He will warn characters of certain events before they happen. Cryptically. Okay. Um, Crypt- oh, of course. Well, I mean, you don't become a mothman for, you know, for talking just straight. <laughs> going up to somebody and nudging them and, hey, I wouldn't walk across that bridge if I was you. Bye. Yeah. Um, and, you know, much like every person that claims to have seen aliens or Bigfoot and stuff is always right. like, I saw these glowing red eyes before the bridge exploded, you know, um, all those sort of things. But this movie with Richard Gere is his, him and his wife, um, fiance or wife are driving. This thing flies out in front of the car. She sees it hits. Um, and hits it um, when she's getting checked out in the hospital because of the car accident. They find that she's got some like horrible terminal brain tumor, and she ends up dying. Oh my goodness! And it was that. Did they really need to ruin the car in order to hit that home? So now Richard Gere has lost his wife, and, and he has, and you've got a, a repair bill, mechanics bill. <laughs> um, I mean, oh, thanks, Moth it's Man. Actually, it's actually worse. They just put a deposit on a house as well. <laughs> It's like legit ones. Um, so he goes back. I don't back like to- this moth man anymore. <laughs> he seems like a real dick. He hates people that are responsible with their money. Um, so Richard Gear goes to this town, and um, he he drives into this town, and that they were on their way to because he wants to investigate. Because before she died, she was drawing like like in the ring, drawing all the circles in the book. She was drawing all these like pictures of these angels, but like really blackened and dark, and had red eyes, and she mumbled about seeing something before the accident. Um, so he goes to the town to investigate it. He gets stuck where he can't leave the town for a little bit. Like okay. he tries to drive out and he just kind of rocks up back okay. there as well. Um, so he just lives there for a bit and he's kind of like tracking down and the Mothman um, and it's like coming to him through other people and through like on phone calls and stuff and warning him and kind of proving its credentials by telling him of certain events that might be happening soon and the whole climax is there's this big bridge that's going to collapse on Christmas Day and kill like 300 people and right. Richard Gere's new girlfriend's on the bridge and it's fine. But it's <laughs> it, it's it's interesting and I can't remember how I got onto this tangent. Richard Gere. Richard Gere and the Mothman. <laughs> yep, good film. Yeah. Not a good film. It's 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 like a it's like a weird 90s thriller. Oh, the movie I wanted was Shutter Island. Right. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, Shutter yep. Island was a good one. Anyway, um god. Wait, are you legitimately changing your baby's again? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> There's just so many. Um, what was the what was the tangent for Richard Gere? I literally can't remember how I got here. Oh, we'll have to listen back to that one. Anyway, <laughs> oh, I can lend it to you if you guys are curious. Sure. Um, but you've got to watch it on VLC because for some reason my coffee is like two seconds out of sync in time. So you've got to just manually adjust it back. Oh, I see. This yeah. sounds like too much effort. It's, it's literally like three <laughs> clicks on your phone and it's fixed. I would sooner spend a week searching for a clean copy. I tried. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> so hard, Andrew. Um, There's some good foreshadowing in it. Mm? We like it. Like the, the literal ones of him 
uh, asking first of all is fourteen oh eight smoking room. Yeah, and then oh, yeah. and then the discussion with uh, the the concierge saying, yeah, "Can we get an engineer up here? The room's on fire." If it's a smoking room, yeah. why were there? Oh, I suppose fire detectors burst with mercury are getting hot, not from actual smoke, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. Okay, yep, all good. I was like, "Wait, if it's a smoking room, why is there extinct? <laughs> oh, why is there? That's terrible. No, I'm fine." Yeah, I mean the, those the the sprinklers um, react to heat. To heat, yeah. Whereas smoke alarms um, yeah. are the only ones that, that do smoke. Yep. Do, you know, do you know how they work? Which ones? The smoke alarms. Smoke alarms. Yeah, it's when I'm really bad at cooking and mine goes no, no, no. When I cook anything with <laughs> coconut oil, <laughs> regardless of how long it's been on the stove for. No, they're, they're radioactive. There's a, there's a, um, there's a beam of, of uh, alpha particles which are a very, a very short. They have a very short penetration, so they can't hurt you in, in any way. And that, uh, as long as it, the detector detects the beam... It's absolutely fine. It's that smoke particles drifting up will interrupt the beam, oh. and that's when it goes. Oh, there's something in the way. It must be smoke. <laughs> Which so, I mean, smoke is the only thing that could get in there. So all I'm hearing, and I don't think this is the lesson I was meant to take home, was if there's like a nuclear bomb that goes off, I should cover myself in smoke. It's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> am I am I hearing you right, Seb? You can't come off any worse <laughs> covered in smoke than not. Excellent. So you've got nothing to lose it's at that worth point. A try. So now I've got those two things: the um, how big is it compared to your thumb, and smoke. That's fine. But there's also all the all the weird stuff going on in the lobby uh, that becomes relevant later on. And you could make the argument: okay, that's his subconscious or just the room again fucking with him and bringing up things that he has seen before. But it's also Weird stuff. Like there's the the lady there with the baby, single woman with a baby in like this old timey mm-hmm. pram, which does, doesn't seem right at all. There's the older couple with a dog there. I don't know if they're supposed to be his parents or they're just, you know, there for another little bit of a creep factor. Mm. The bellboy is just a creepy guy. He comes back as well. Who later comes mm. back in the in the post office, which is the yeah. cue for uh, Anselin to realise, oh, no. I yep. never got out of the room, yeah. and this last week that I've been you know, on a roll, that's all, that's all fake. Yep. It's so beautiful, that moment when he realises, isn't, oh, isn't it? Isn't it? It's so just, you, you feel it and you just go, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crushed. It's genuinely <laughs> lovely, isn't it? Like, I, I just like how much it commits to it. Yeah. Any other movie would give you like two, three minutes outside of the room before bringing him back in. No. This film's like, here's 20 minutes of him outside of the room or 15, yep. whatever. The movie changes. And okay, so he got out. So where is this movie going now? Yep. And what's funny is if the movie had ended with the fake out ending being real, I mean, it's really weird. A lot of the better stuff happens in the first half of the movie, I think. But- even though I think the second half, sorry, after the fake out, I think that half, that bit there is weaker than the stuff that happens before the fake out. I like the stuff more beforehand. I think if the film ended there, I would feel so robbed. Like this film, like knowing what we actually did get, isn't it? It's, sorry, I, I'm just gushing because I'm really happy with how this film did it. <laughs> I like they committed to the bit. Yeah. And they held out for as long as they could without pushing this movie past two hours. <laughs> but even the transition is beautiful. Yeah, the, I mean, the workers just start ripping apart this post office and they're ripping it apart to reveal the hotel room underneath and behind all the walls. I think it's so good. brilliant. It's yeah. good stuff. It looks beautiful. Yeah, that was really well done. Um, I do like the use of like, yeah, bringing certain characters back and forth throughout the entire film mm-hmm. um, just to like signpost that things aren't right through like these little yeah. visual cues, um, which I think 
I mean, Jordan's read a few of the stuff that I've been putting together. And I think you can say, I like that shit. I like stuff just like that tease you. Um, this was but, a bit more upfront about it. It's not It's not all background stuff. If they want you to notice something, they'll make you notice it. In this but film. it's still vague enough that you that you think- Does okay, that mean something? Yeah, yeah. Is it is it real? Is it really his imagination? Or is he, uh, has he just uh, you know been manipulated into in, in, into thinking that that all this is actually going mm. on? The first, well, I see one of the big clues we get in the fake out scene is he's in the um, a restaurant with his wife and he sees the woman who jumps out of the hotel room. Yes, and then he looks back up and it's just a very similarly dressed other woman, and it's kind of nice in a way because you, you can play it two ways, like. Right there and there, you could think, "Oh shit, he's not out." Yeah, is or, he is he imprinting somebody, or is it actually the room still fucking yeah, with him in a very yeah. you know cautious way, in a very subtle way, which is lovely. And yeah. then obviously, when he gets back into the actual um, the actual uh, what do you call it, post office, then it's yeah. just like, "Yeah, fuck you." <laughs> um, I appreciate as well. It's kind of cheap, but when he calls up Tony Shaloup. Um, his editor telling him, "I've written oh, yeah? this new story. It's about this room. It's speculative fiction. Blah blah blah. Whatever it is." And he's like, yep, cool, talk to me when it's printed or whatever. And he hangs up on him. And then we just linger with Tony Shalhoub and he's like, somebody get me a latte or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> that is cheap because that is just for our benefit. Yeah. He's not seeing that. The room's not tricking him. The movie is tricking us. Okay. Like I, that, yeah, it's, it's I, cheap, I then. Yeah. but they only did that that one time. So I'm going to give it a pass. If any, uh, if you can be careful when you do shit like that, because there's a difference between tricking the audience and tricking the characters in the yes. film. Yeah. And if you're doing, if you lingered on Tony Shalhoub and you did another bit here, another bit there, then you just you're just telling bullshit. Too much. Yeah. yeah. Um, this one was fine. It was a one off. It makes yeah. movie sense. You know, the scene needed to end in a in a meaningful way, and it doesn't. You know, for for the few extra seconds that it's there, it doesn't matter that Enslin wouldn't have. Interacted with that, yes. Yeah. That's, that's, you can you can get that part. I mean, it's also the fact that we could even see him. I mean, it's its own yeah. logic gap as well. If it, yeah. if it is just the room, it only really needs to be a voice on the phone. That's right. But yeah, like I said, the film is it's walking a very tight line there of tricking him and tricking us, and I don't think it oversteps, which is good because yeah. there yeah. are films that do overstep, and it's fucking infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> like it's one of those very uh, very fine lines that I think mm -hmm. this movie walks very carefully mm. and stays on the right side of. It's one of the reasons I don't like the um, Now You See Me series. Um, the magicians, oh, yeah, bank yeah, robbers yeah. stuff. The first one was good. Yeah, I, I dislike it. And yeah. I've watched half the second one because Jess loves those films. I, I can't. I, I just, it pissed me off. But I like those films too because they'll, they lie to the audience, not just to the characters in the narrative. Mm. And that is, I don't know. It just feels lazy. Like any dickhead can jump, yeah. behind, you know, behind a computer and write a bunch of bullshit, <laughs> and then be like, "Ha, oh, you know, <coughs> oh, I got you. You didn't realize it was all this other thing because I literally didn't tell you." Yeah, like yeah. anyone can do. That's not clever. Like the, That's just like, being manipulative. Yeah, like the ending of the first Saw movie, where yeah. the guy who's been lying down for the whole mm -hmm. film just suddenly gets up and, "Okay, you didn't give me enough clues." You didn't get, yeah. That that was actually going on. So right. it's not really surprising. It's just a cop out. Yep. I agree. 100%. Yeah. But this film does a lot of its scares in very creative ways and they're not they're not jump scares. It's not, mm. you know, monsters with sharp teeth or anything. It's a clock radio doing something that a clock radio never does before. Plays the Carpenters during prime time. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Carpenters, sorry. Uh, so I had a soft spot for this room. I'm like, hey, it ain't all that bad. <laughs> the, the first time you hear it, you're kind of, okay, 
whatever the, the song's just there and then it keeps coming up yeah. again. We've only just begun and just, oh <laughs> shit, this isn't a great rate. <laughs> I fucking love it. And then it sort of goes out of tune and starts going yeah. all wonky. And, yeah, it's yeah, very, very creepy. You could tell I'm not this haunted room because it would have definitely been ABBA <laughs> every single time. It would have been like, gimme, gimme, gimme starting or something. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's just a little little things like that. And when he's screaming for help across the road. Oh, and he sees himself on the other side. I love that scene. That was so cool. I mean, at, f- at first it's just a silhouette mm. and he kind of realises that he's just he's just mirroring what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, and then he brings a... He sees that he's in darkness and Enslin is clever enough to grab kind of a light. lamp because yeah. the other guy's going to do that and then it turns out to be himself and just... Yeah. Whoa! So good. Simple, really simple stuff yeah. but so creepy. And yeah. as opposed to going for like just a jump scare in that case, he has the assailant coming in behind his mirror image. Look out! And yeah. then when you turn around, it's signpost. It still gives a bit of a, yeah. like a jump there yeah. but it wasn't just out of nowhere. They had like... They were telling you, here's the scare... Turn around. Here's that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I don't know why the guy had an ice climbing pick or something on him. What would he, he had a weird weapon? The guy attacking him. An ice Wasn't pick, like a hammer or something. It was. It was like one of those hammers you use when you're actually like scaling a mountain. Oh. Well, back in the no, you you would have them. You know, ice ice handlers would have that. Back in the back in the twenties and thirties, when fridges weren't a main thing, uh, the way you would keep stuff cool in your house is that you would have an ice chest. Right. Every week, a guy would come along with a block of ice. It's like one of these things, though. He would haul, yeah, because yeah. you, you'd have to, you know, nice shape axe. the shape the block of ice to fit into the chest. It, they're not all going to be the same size. I just think a crowbar made more sense. You know, that's why it's just it's just a weird weapon. Um, this is not a criticism. I was just confused as to why. <laughs> but he looked like he was from a hundred years ago. See, I thought so he looked like a bank. Ro- like, looked like a robber. Uh, he looked like look at one of the wet bandits. <laughs> from home, from home alone. <laughs> I was gonna say he was wearing like a jackety thing, wasn't he? Maybe yeah. the implication was that he was like some kind of a explorer or something. Just passing wound it up in the room. Yeah, Maybe. you'd be surprised. This building used to be a very tall mountain, <laughs> <laughs> and he died right on this ledge. <laughs> Lots of good ice died here. Was there? <laughs> and um, I'm, there may not have been, but if I missed it, please tell me. Was there ever a reason or a theory in this film as to why the room was haunted? Stephen King tends to, not all the time, but he has a bad habit of, it's an Indian burial ground. <laughs> but the hotel would be an Indian burial ground, no, not I, that room. I so. don't think there was ever a reason given. Not that I can recall, no. Like it, it, that's it, fine. It, it's kind of just summarised by Olin saying, it's an evil room and mm. that's it. Yeah. Yep. Just accept that and move on. And that's fine. That's um, absolutely fine. In fact, yeah. it works even better not knowing yeah, I feel its, like its I, origin. I didn't feel like I needed an explanation. Yeah, That's just the way I'll just make sure I didn't miss one. I'm no. just going to say the numbers in the building probably added up to 13, 13th floor, 13th room. Just too many 13s <laughs> for, the, for the devil not to be like, come on. Um, <laughs> alternative reading. Um, and I don't know. I, do, I watched that video you sent through, Andrew, but I was doing other things during the morning. So pardon, you know, one ear in, one ear out. Um, was has there been the theory that the room is God testing him? All right. Well, that's well, that's what the video about it being Dante's Inferno kind of goes mm-hmm. goes into that. It's 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 testing his resolve along the way. So if yeah. he can if he can make it all the way through through hell, he'll have some sort of redemption. Yep. Um, I feel like that's kind of what it was. It's the whole, I guess, limbo is kind of his redemption because he kind of comes to terms with like the demons that he has that I guess he hadn't addressed before he supposedly died. So yeah, it, yeah it's kind of like the the room, I guess, yeah, it could be, could be God kind of just getting him to, you know, come to terms with those things before he gets to pass all the way on, I suppose. See, Possibly. my reading's more 
not that he died. I don't think that he died in the, the with drowning the first time. No. My reading... It's it, a nice metaphor. Oh, but, no, I'm not saying it's bad. But, oh, I yeah, yeah. but I don't think it's literally true either. Yeah. My reading when I say, is it God testing him, is we have a lot of the, some of the flashbacks to when his daughter dies. And he even has the, off the comment, what kind of God would do this to a little girl? So we have the idea that he was religious and is now no longer religious. Oh, so it's God showing off. <laughs> <laughs> In a sense, yes. And saying, but you think that was fucking with you. <laughs> you think losing her once was hard. <laughs> but <laughs> wait till I turn her to dust. <laughs> Or what does he get at the end? In both versions of the film, at the end, he's reunited with his daughter. Okay. And I, 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 did, go to, yeah. I did go to Catholic school. I'm not Catholic. That's all mumbo jumbo to me. But <laughs> um, is it God testing Abraham? Um, was it Abraham? He had this, this person who was like, oh man, God's just the tippity toppest. And the devil's like, yeah, he's only good because you've done good by him. And God's like, nah, yeah. uh, let me fuck him up for realsies and we'll see that he still loves me. And he like kills his family and makes him poor and he loses an arm and he's blind. And he's like, and just to prove the point. To the I thought devil, that was Lot. I don't know who. Who cares? I think he tests Lot in that way. That by he, by that fucking he... his shit up. Yeah. yeah. And- in the end, Abraham he, he he says, "Kill your son." That's the one. Yes, sorry. And Abraham goes to kill his son. God goes, oh, "Okay, I didn't think you were actually going to do it." It's cool. That, that should be God's first hint that people will do no, no, crazy okay. shit for religion. <laughs> He's like, "Now let's double down." Um, no, um, the idea of if somebody you know has faith in you, you know, you test that test that faith. This person turned his back on the church, so God putting him through the right. ringer, but. As the, in the end, the reward was that he got his daughter back. Admittedly, through death, in some yeah, way. Okay. Yeah, well, actually, in both versions, well, through not through death, sacrifice, not yes. d- sacrifice. So, once again, this, I'm not saying this is the reading of the film. This isn't necessarily mine, but I think it is there to look at the idea that he's strayed from the path of religion, and yeah. God brings him back onto the path forcefully, and also rewards him for coming back by almost saying sorry. Here's your daughter. Uh, it's, it's a shitty thing to do, but I've read the Old Testament. So I mean, like it's <laughs> well, I think the fact that it can be interpreted in many different ways legitimately just signifies how good and, and, and solid a film it is. Mm. Yeah. I guess when you can have all those, um, you can have a movie and you can read it in so many different ways, yeah. like you know it's done something good. Yeah. Or done something well, I guess. And it clearly doesn't answer every question we have because we're talking about it yeah. now <laughs> and speculating. Uh, and it doesn't. It doesn't need to. Yeah, like you, tie don't, that you don't feel like you've been you know, ripped off, or you yeah. haven't had your questions answered. You just have more questions. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a good feeling. Yeah, definitely. I love watching this film. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely something I can see myself watching again, given no, that this is my first time. Knowing, even knowing what's what's coming and what's happening, it's so effective in its in its creepiness that I still I still get an emotional response. Yeah, every time I watch it. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the, just the sign of a good movie. Like when you can watch it multiple times and still have that feeling that you had the first time or even even just like- Even deeper, I think. Yeah, because in some every, cases. Every time I watch it, there's a little bit more of an understanding. And yeah, yeah you'll, or you'll notice something new. Yeah, like, or yeah. somebody else will, will, will give a theory or whatever and then you incorporate that into your next viewing. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, this will definitely be an easy one to watch again. Especially like, I really, like you said before, I don't really like- John Cusack so much but like his performance in this movie is really really good like I love um it's just really really believable and at the same time like he's got that sort of uh like sardonic kind of start like he's like oh, I don't really believe any of this shit and then like just his well, descent the, the descent of like his performance and his character as the room does start to really fuck with him yeah. like it's just so good 
he's a, he, he's a skeptic from the very beginning. Yeah. And his and his thing is, I don't know if it's true. All I know is is that every time I've investigated it so far, it's turned out to just be a gimmick. Yeah. You know, a gimmick by the hotel proprietors to get more customers in. I mean, I don't blame them though. I would make that shit up. People are stupid. <laughs> I hear this one idiot's going to go all the way to Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys want to jump ahead to the verdicts, or do you have anything last, like a last, like amazing thing you'd like to point out about this thing, this film? I, the the moment in the film that really gets me the most every single time was when he's reunited with his daughter, and you know she's she's crying and sort of sobbing and, and whatever, and then she just dies in his arms. Just goes limp, yeah. yeah. And, that gets me every single that time. Hits you, yeah. yeah, fucking room. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's low. That's the most yeah. evil thing you could possibly do. I don't know. I, I like the moment where he's like screaming. I was out. <laughs> <laughs> so defeated. <laughs> oh. Jordan, any other lasting bits? Um, no, I think we've kind of covered it all. Only other thing I'd say is I just like how the room started off very subtly by putting the chocolates on his bed, <gasps> refolding the toilet paper. Like such basic shit, but yeah. I think it's honestly some of the creepiest stuff in this film because it was just that little level of Oh yeah, it's, it's an escalation. You start from the very yeah. basics of just, you know, things not being where they where they are and you escalate, escalate slowly. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Great pacing. Well, let's move to <laughs> Until the v- you kill his daughter all over again. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just a straight punch in the gut. Well, let's jump to the verdicts where we can all reveal the already revealed and then we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll wrap it up for the day, I reckon. But to be the man, you gotta beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here. I'm the man. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Slap it on with the might of Zeus. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, hundred percent. If you, I don't even like horror movies, and I love this film, and that says a lot. If a, if a film in a genre that I think is trashy, trash, trash, trash can be good, it's probably a good one. <laughs> so yeah, easy. Yeah, definitely. I loved it. I'd definitely be watching it again. I'm uh, glad you guys mentioned it so many times. See, Otherwise, yeah. it would have just continued to go under my radar. So, and all you got to do is trust that I'll put a good movie on there every now and <laughs> Look, then. Look, you've done it once, <laughs> <laughs> one time so far, and this one wasn't don't really get ahead in. of yourself. It wasn't planned, Seb. I think you should take that on board for the future. <laughs> we should just add, just improvise the entire season. Oh God, no! <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the reasons that this film is as good as it is, I think, is because it touches on so many important things in people's lives. Like Enslin's career is not going that well. Mm-hmm. And so he's got that to deal with along. He's lost a daughter and, you know, sort of broken up with his wife, but still not, you know, hasn't gone through with it. He's just yep. kind of withdrawn selfishly by, by his own admission. Um, that he hasn't he hasn't addressed that. He hasn't faced up to, to, to what's going on and admitted it. That it's relatable. Yeah, to definitely. to a lot of people, you can you can watch it at any moment in your life and find something to, you know, to latch onto. Yeah, uh, something to identify with to sort of be that anchor in the film. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't think I'll ever tire of it. Uh, this must be the tenth time I've seen it. I'm just guessing, yeah, but probably times. yeah, probably once a year. Uh, I I get it out. Not not with any sort of regularity. Just oh yeah, you know, fourteen oh eight. Yeah, that's know, a good movie. That's up. The a- atmosphere is right. Let's watch it. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be watching it 
after the hot shots or something. <laughs> it just it just wouldn't feel right. Yeah. I, I, really I, I can see it like being a movie that I'll go to with yeah, like you said, just like regularity. Like if you need something to do for two hours that's you know pretty enthralling, mm. yeah, it's a good pick. You know, if we had done this movie in four weeks' time, it would have been on the thirteenth anniversary. No, oh yeah. <laughs> well take that. <laughs> you don't claim this one, you damn movie. Oh, so all in all, good times. All in all, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've 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 got a note here for the verdict. Just saying, again and again, always. Yep. Yeah. I I will never not watch this film. I don't think. I don't, I don't think there's a way it could disappoint me in the future. And I would say, John Cusack, great actor. I enjoy his work, but it wasn't even so much him that he for nails me, it though. Oh yeah. no, he absolutely does. So good. But I think you could have, if you, as long as you put in a competent actor, I don't think there would be any cause to need specifically Cusack. I enjoy him. I, I would watch this. Okay, you know what's a good pull? Mark Ruffalo. I reckon Mark Ruffalo in this film would have been good. Yeah, that could have been good. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But I don't Two know. Sex better. Yeah. I'm not definitely. saying he's bad. I'm just saying I feel like the movie itself stands beside the actor in this movie. Okay. I do feel like so much of what we get was also just through the cinematography, through the room itself, mm. how that was brought to life. That even a bad actor, not that John Cusack is a bad actor, but even a bad actor <laughs> would have had to fight against the movie to bring it down. Sure. Yeah. That's fair. I see what you're saying. There you go. Backhanded compliment. <laughs> uh, maybe Matthew welcome, Broderick John. would have been fun. Oh, Matthew, Matthew Broderick. Broderick. I reckon Whoa. him. Yeah, Ruffalo. So. Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Fuck it. Let's get Nathan Lane in there. <laughs> <laughs> let's just do the producers. They can't escape this one room. <laughs> All right. Um, Find us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast, or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. I'll take the Facebook because I know that one. It is facebook.com slash Second Take. Perfect. Um, go to us an email, secondtakepodcast at gmail.com, our website, secondtakepodcast.com. And if you'd like to support the show, we do have a Patreon, just patreon.com slash Second Take. Now, we will be back this Wednesday for the Variety Hour. Are we going to do the best or the worst of the decade? I've never. Ooh. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that off air and you'll see it in the title when it comes up. <laughs> um, but yes. we'll be back on Monday for Last Action Hero. An excellent we'll be back. preamble oh. to Christmas, yes. We're doing so much Schwarzenegger in this last month. And by oh. so much, I mean two Schwarzeneggers, but that's a lot it's more a lot. than we've done. a lot of Arnie. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you on Wednesday. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.